You are listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, part of the Tokyo Beep Podcast Network. This is a vintage episode of SequelCast 2 and Friends. Audio quality may not be up to current standards. We apologize for the nastier audio artifacts. That's it, Dumbledore, what's happened? He's back. He's back. Voldemort's back. Cedric, he asked me to bring his body back. I couldn't leave him. Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a podcast that looks at movie franchises one film at a time. We're in the middle of looking at the Harry Potter saga. This time around, we're taking a look at Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. So, um, I'm Matt. With me is Thrasher. Hello, my wizarding friends. And Jersey Jason. Expelimomus! Very good. Um, the theme song you just heard was written and performed by Mark with a C. You can check out his music at markwiththec.com, and the sequel cast is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension podcast fleet. Check out other great movie and TV podcasts at BattleshipPretension.com. Those guys are good. Oh, you listen to them some? Yeah? yeah. Which ones did which show of, did you listen to? Does the uh, main, the Battleship, main uh, I've got a few of theirs um, uh-huh. on iTunes, Doc. Uh, I'm trying to remember which ones, though. Because I'm not subscribed. I should totally subscribe, but I wind up downloading the episodes I want. Sure, I do that sometimes to save space on my uh, phone when I'm listening to stuff at work. Um, I re- all of my uh, podcasts on CDs. You do? To I've got a massive stack. Oh, okay. You listen to them in the car? No, I don't have a car. I don't have a CD player in my car. Oh. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out in 2005, directed by Mike Newell, who is better known for directing, like, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral and The Man in the Iron Mask. This stars the regular gang of Harry Potter idiots, plus... Some uh, new actors like Robert Pattinson as wait, Cedric. Wait, wait, no, why are you calling them idiots? The students of Hogwarts. Oh, they're, they're great actors. Yes, oh, they're not idiots. It's just, I, I was trying to think of a funny way to do it. I, I did it in some of the other uh, Harry Potter shows we've done. Just because I don't want to repeat all these names people have heard of, but, you know, it has uh, Robert Pattinson plays Cedric, and, you know, later on, Robert Pattinson's better known as, uh, what is it, Edward in the Twilight series? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Team Edward. And, and it just occurred to me, I can't believe I never made this connection before, but the guy who plays Ronald Reasley, is, his real name is Rupert Grint. Yeah. That is a Harry Potter name. It does, you're right. It does. Rupert Grint does sound like a Harry Potter name. Uh, I'm Rupert Grint, and I will be teaching you augury. This film had music by Patrick Doyle, cinematography by Roger Pratt, off a budget of $150 million, made roughly 896 million dollars worldwide it was the top uh, international grossing film for 2005 but in the u.s it was at number three for 2005 guess what was above it spider-man 2 no this is 2005 do you have a guess jason 2005, what man. two films grossed more in the u.s that year than harry potter and the goblet of fire oh was one of them star wars yes Number one was Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Ah. Uh, and number two, another uh, movie from a franchise, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Again, a good movie for films that had been kids' books or children's books before being turned into films. That's kind of surprising. They stopped the Narnia ones after the third one, huh? Well, I think it, they really? just weren't. It wasn't the franchise they wanted. It wasn't making as much money as they had hoped. It was making it money. Making Harry Potter money. Exactly. It wasn't making Harry Potter movie practically a billion dollars worldwide per film. Um, so yeah, I we, you talked a bit before the show, Jason. You've read this book before. I, I got a chance to read a little bit of it before watching the film. And you know, this movie it opens up with uh, Harry Potter at the um, at the Weasleys' house, 
No, the uh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, the sorry. movie. But the book yeah, opens please. up with the standard nonsense with the Dursleys. Yes. I was so happy they cut the Dursley nonsense in this one. Uh huh. In the book, it's something like the uh, the kid Dursley is really fat and he's on a weight loss diet, so everyone's eating grapefruit, and some yeah. magic <laughs> and some magic zaniness ensues, and then he ends up, uh, you know, getting permission to to head well, over get- to the. It becomes a question of length versus how much. Well, this was the first book to be really huge, to be, like, big. It was, like, a thousand pages or something. Maybe not a thousand pages, but it was pretty, uh, much longer than... Oh, it was a hefty-ass book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Well, it was, like, it had to be over 700. Sure. I mean, certainly, like, twice the size, at least, of any of the books before it. So, you have to cut more things for the films, and uh, I'm hoping, Jason, I don't know if you remember the book that much, but if you can point out some big things they've cut out, that would be... Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of things that they, they... that they changed in this movie that made time go faster and definitely helped, but also some things that I, I felt didn't have to be done. But the way they do the movie is pretty seamless if you haven't read the book. Right, right. I think the beginning is nice and uh, creepy, too, where you get the, uh, the man is getting killed, who turns out to be the what, Tom Riddle's father. Oh no no! Oh no! Um, it's not. It's a, the groundskeeper. It's just it's just an just an older okay. man. I believe it was the greenskeeper for the area. He's not actually a uh, relative. All right. I guess I was getting confused because at the end they use a a piece of like the father of uh, Voldemort. Well, see the whole the whole thing is of course that the 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 Riddle family is buried in a graveyard by that house. That house is haunted yes. because of the evil and such done there because of the spell. Something that was done. Um, the actual history of Voldemort's mother, father, and grandfather is really, like, wicked, kind of um, a bit heavy for a kid's book. It has to do kind of with, not, I don't want to say magical rape, but um, huh. just really mad wizards using their powers to con a mortal man into falling in love with Lavinia, uh, uh, not Lavinia, sorry, the mother of, uh, of uh, Tom Riddle, uh, who's a crazy, crazy person. Um, but that also leads into the idea that Voldemort's ancestors go back in the Wizarding World as far as possibly Harry Potter's, whose great, great, great whatever was um, of the Percival line. Or Pervel, Pervel line. Hmm. It's one of the three brothers uh, in the Three Brothers, which is a uh, story told to kids. Let's continue. But I'll talk about that in the uh, the last two movies. Okay. But it starts here. Mm-hmm. It does really start here, where they talk about lineages and how far back certain families and how much they trace their lineage and put heavy weight into uh, things they pass down from person to person to person, i.e. the Riddle Ring. So, Thrasher, what did you think about this film, Rewatching it for the show? Okay, in general, I... Okay, here... The, <laughs> I'm looking at the poster. Yes. And the tagline is, everything is about to change. Yes, about to. This whole <laughs> movie felt like a useless middle chapter. Nothing of consequence really happened. Wait, what? Uh, oh, oh, I'll get to that. Uh... Nothing, nothing of consequence really happened. We 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 don't. The we, Dark Lord turned. Harry Potter is the most passive, do nothing protagonist. And then at the and then at the end of the movie, during the big exposition dump, it turns out the like he didn't do anything. The only reason anything happens to him in this movie is because the bad guys are feeding him victory, and he so, never figures it out. So, what do you say? In your mind, this movie is pretty much. Uh... Harry Potter and the Wizard Olympics. Uh-oh, the bad guy's back. Well, no, like, I, I felt like if I had seen the third movie and skipped directly to the fifth movie, I wouldn't feel like I had missed a damn thing. Huh. Ooh. Controversial. You know, it's just, it's just uh, this movie just seemed to be a whole lot of nothing. I think the beginning of the movie is a bit weird where they go to this in the Quidditch World Cup you don't really get to watch the game yeah that pissed me off you like I don't like Quidditch but 
I was so into the idea of seeing the world's greatest Quidditch players go at it that then that, that I was I just felt so betrayed when they then go, all right, the game's ready to start, and then cut to after the game. Again, how much can you fit in it when you have to do the the training for the then Hogwarts Olympics with the Triwizard Cup? Well, but it just because we don't even get to see the 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 Quidditch World Cup, I just it feels like the, the scene is completely superfluous. And yes, after the match, the Death Eaters show up and start murdering people. But since we're not going to see the cup to begin with, why can't they show up and start murdering people before the game? Because because let's because this is this is this is this is Britain. If if there's a match. There's going to be a riot, regardless of who wins or who <laughs> loses. Everybody should have been in a fighting mood after the Quidditch World Cup and should have beaten the shit out of the Death Eaters, just curb stomp them. People, but, but you know, that's why you want to do your killing before the match. I like a lot of the stuff at the beginning of the film when they finally get to, to Hogwarts and you see the different um, students from the different schools. And one's like France, one's like Russia, and one is well, gee, Hogwarts. The, the, yeah, the Hogwarts, right? The again, Tri Wizard. Tri Wizard, um, right? Yeah, exactly, because there's four. Because Harry Potter's name pops up, and he's too young to compete. But oh, because it comes out of the uh, oh yeah, that's another the Goblet thing. of Fire. Oh, I guess <laughs> we have to go with it. Well, well, yeah, that's why is this setup so goddamn complicated? Why do you think it's complicated? No, it is. No, it is. Well, well, first and foremost, here, okay, the Triwizard Tournament, this sort of supernatural Olympics, Mm -hmm. this this ancient tradition that's so super important that we haven't heard about before. Oh, because it's been, that's the thing is, it's super important, but they haven't done it in a bunch of years because it's also super dangerous. But but that's the thing. Like right, right 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 off the bat, I have no reason to care about this and I'm, about this tournament, and I'm just not buying ev- watching everybody's impressed reactions to the. Wait, tournament. you know why? You know why? Because here's the thing: is again, Harry Potter is brought into this world. This is only his what his fourth year. Well, well, okay, that's another problem. Harry Potter, I, I'm sick of seeing Harry Potter amazed by the supernatural. This is the fourth goddamn film. <laughs> He shouldn't be dumbfounded every time he sees something that, that magic does. He lives with the Dursleys, the most boring, awful people. They don't Not use anymore. magic on the house. When he goes to when he goes to the Weasley's house, they're doing magic all the time for everything. They're they basically the problem with magic, of course, is it's very slothful. Because you're doing things by magic when you're not actually doing things through the hand. Oh no no! I I totally get that. It's just it's just that it's, 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 every time you see something new, it's a new possibility. Oh, I can actually build an entire building inside of a small pup tent. That's amazing. But, but no, why, his his. Why are we his, learning this at school? But no, but his reaction. But that's it. His reaction should be, "I can't wait to learn this." His reaction shouldn't be, "I've never seen anything this amazing ever before." He does not say that. Well, no, he doesn't say it. That's his reaction. <laughs> That's what his face is communicating. What I think is stranger with the pacing of the film, in the beginning you get the World Cup sort of cut really short, you don't get to see the game, and then, you know, the goblet stuff leads into this first uh, task of the Tri-Wizard Tournament where you got to take an egg from a dragon, that's a pretty exciting sequence, and then after that, oh, you think I'm going to go to the second part of the Tri-Wizard Tournament? Nope, they get to see him dance for half an well, hour, get to go well, to that, a ball. That's... Actually, that brings up a whole issue with like the whole structure of, of the Triwizard Tournament. Why is it spread out over so many days? Number one, preparing everything for it. It's well, it's like the Olympics. The Olympics has like that's fair. Yeah. twenty events. Yeah, this has three. <laughs> they, they this has set... three events for three people, four people, and they're they're wizards. Well, okay, it's also because. During that time, it is supposed to be like a wizard's delegation. You are you are learning and meeting other people very much like the Olympic Village, where Olympians supposedly have massive sex with everybody oh, yeah. else in different countries. Yep. Um, but the idea is that you're supposed to learn. You're supposed to make the connections. Yeah, we're competing against you, but in the meantime, we're going to have an awesome party. There's going to be a great band playing. Uh, I, I take dispute with the issue of there being a great band playing. Okay, fuck you. 
but also, and then it's the idea is that you're supposed to be learning from each other, and and uh, well, also there's these events that are highly dangerous, um, and that a kid could get killed, and we're supposed they to don't celebrate. Seem no, because it's magic. I don't know. Well, a major new character in uh, this film, Goblet of Fire, is Brendan Gleeson playing Mad-Eye Moody, the new mm. Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I he, loved him. He, he has a lot of uh, character to him. I like the the wiggly eye strapped across on the side of his head. It's uh, Yeah, that guy should never be in charge of children, ever. No, <laughs> but well, I mean... Mad-Eye Moody, the way that he teaches the unforgivable curses... And, oh, God, the, oh, wow. And Avocadabra, um, how he actually teaches. It, yeah. It's it's horrible. It's and intense, we did that in yeah. Well, okay, so, so here's the deal. So he's teaching defense against the, well, the dark arts. Well, okay, I guess this is the thing, because at the end of the movie, we find out it's not really Mad-Eye movie, Mad-Eye Moody. It's David Tennant disguised as Mad-Eye Moody. I think Roger, no. I think uh, Roger Ebert was Mad-Eye Movie. <laughs> no. Gene Shallot. You want me to just come up with the Gene Shallot line? Yeah. No. Mad Eye Moody or a mad bad movie? Turn oh. into Harry Potter and the <laughs> Goblet of Fire. Your children will gobble it up. I'm Gene Shallot. I think he'd say your children will gobble it up. I did say a gobble it up. Oh, okay. yeah. That was the joke, Matt. Gobble um, it up. It's always funnier when. I have to try to explain when I explain other people's jokes. That it's so you lovely. You explain the version of the joke you imagined that we told. <laughs> yes. Okay. In the in the background, you also have terrible characters like Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. And you awesome. And then you have the awesome. I love um, uh, uh, Francis Delator um, as the the headmistress of Boxes Hans um, Olympia uh, um, uh, Madame Maximin. Where she's like she's an ogre, she's basically half ogre as well. While Hagrid is half ogre, it's like all oh, these two are meant for each other. That's cute. Which, isn't that isn't that like a hard like oh people people should only date within their race? Isn't that what, what Shrek told us? I, no, that's... Shrek. You know he's an ogre, and you think oh he's dating like a a human lady, and then oh it turns out she's an ogre as well. Well, that's more about transcending body image. Hmm. But uh, but this is but th- but this is like oh two tall people they have no choice but to be together. But again, uh, the whole backstory is that there's like oh Harry Potter is like the chosen one and he gets chosen to be in the Triwizard Contest even though there's already a person who's chosen by the Goblet Cedric Diggory the true champion of Hogwarts. Right, and, and because guess... of that, mm-hmm. like it's like it's this whole thing like okay who hexed the Triwizard Cup. Who hexed the Goblet of Fire Yeah, to allow Harry Potter, who's a year younger, who's not even allowed to be in it. And there are all these kids who are trying to get their names in, who are like um, like the two brothers. The Weasleys. Um, yeah, the Weasley brothers. Yeah, I think that... Trying to get their names into the Goblet. But well, there's that's... a spell, like, these should not be allowed. No younger person's name is allowed in the cup. Which, which is, again, like, like, no one seems to care that someone's trying to get Harry... Once again, no one cares that someone's no, trying to do. get Harry Potter they killed. Have whole, they have a whole thing where they, they think, like, how the heck did he do it? They, they think he did it on purpose, but then they have to figure out, if it's not him, then who? And there's a whole bunch of people that are trying to go to back for him. They Well, they, they do anything, they do everything short of doing anything. But they have... Here's the problem with magic. Because the Goblet of Fire spit out his name, he has to participate in it. They can't just put him on the sidelines. Well, what will the Goblet of Fire punish them? No, I, I, I actually don't know. I forget. <laughs> and that's another issue. It's, it's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The Goblet of Fire isn't even the MacGuffin. No, it's, it's not. Wait, it's such on. a minor part of the, of the story. Well, I, don't, no. I don't think it's minor. It's thrust uh, Harry Potter into the main plot. No, it doesn't. The person who sabotaged it did. Yeah, but how would they have gotten his name in if... There wasn't this Goblet of Fire. And also the Goblet of Fire... No, okay, here's, okay, here's why the Goblet of Fire is important. It is a token of a, uh, of a sacred oath, of a sacred ceremonial... Uh, I, not I cannot. It's, it's a ceremonial piece. Because of this, the only way the Triwizard, contest, the Triwizard Tournament can go on is if the Goblet of Fire is a save. Well, that's never communicated in the film, and also, you, do you think it would be appropriate to call the story Charlie and the Golden Ticket? Why not? You could. 
Because yeah, the golden I, ticket becomes irrelevant after the after the first few chapters. But no, no, actually, no. Oddly enough, the uh, that was one of Roald Dahl's titles that he was playing with. But he didn't use it. True. I think it would have been okay as a J.K. Rowling title, but I mean, okay, back back to the movie, fellas. We're talking. I mean, this title it has to do with the movie, but um, yeah, having you know Robert Pattinson as Cedric Diggory is he's not bad. I mean, the there isn't much to the part. You're supposed to be oh, he's the handsome one. Yeah. I'll tell you what I did like. I like that we got to see Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger be actual characters. I would have so much rather yeah. seen this movie told from their perspective. Well, because you get a whole lot in this film of Ron Weasley being very jealous about Harry Potter and kind of skulking about. And uh, Hermione gets a lot to do, especially during the big sequence at the Yule Ball. In a world of podcasts, only three men are willing. Well, well dude, what are you doing james you told me to do the the promo for the podcast right that's all we're yeah, doing but i mean you know we could actually tell people about what we are i mean we're the famicast we uh bi-weekly show we talk about nintendo and games in japan uh, i'm danny and uh that was james and we got another guy what who are you again i uh, i'm a, i'm the i'm the saboteur i'm the the henchman i'm the, the interloper that's uh that's ty he is our anime trash expert <laughs> digs around in some ufo catchers for check us out we're in japan we like nintendo most of the time. The Famicast, only on the Tokyo Beat Network. Oh, hey, about the Harry Potter and Ron Weasley rivalry. So, Ron Weasley has these magic buttons made. And the slogan that the magic buttons turn into is Potter Stinks. Really? This is a, this is a British movie and that's the best slogan they could come up with? Like, why isn't it Potter is a Rotter? Potter is a rotter is a much better slogan for those buttons. Why isn't it Potter can suck my wand? <laughs> because they can add the stink lines. That's the it's, they can add stink lines. It's funny like that. It's like and they can animate it because Mal Malfoy. Here's the thing is again Cedric Diggory is a Hufflepuff. Harry oh, is, is he now? He is. Yeah. Um, he is a Hufflepuff student. Uh. He's supposed to be, he's incredibly modest, and he's supposed to be fair. I mean, he does show fairness in this movie. He's not, like, stuck up on himself like almost every Gryffindor kid. Right. And well, also, then, why is it the movie about him? I immediately think he's a, a better protagonist. Oh, because he dies. Well, yeah. But he doesn't have to. Harry Potter could have died, and then it could have been a shock. That could have been the shocking twist, and then the rest of the movies could have been about Diggory. <laughs> well, again... Uh, we, the reason that we are following Harry Potter as a protagonist is because he has he we are we see him as a baby. We know what his uh, we know that he survived. He's the one who survived, and we know that he's got this part to play. Hopefully, to uh, destroy the uh, the evil Lord of Voldemort if he comes back, yes. or that he's the prophesied one. Whatever we follow, Harry Potter. He's our protagonist. I actually just read an article. That said, that was a what if kind of universe, and it was uh -huh. an article written about the end of the Hermione Granger series, hmm. and it, it basically talks about how Hermione Granger is the main character of the books, and I like oh, and then there's the annoying character of Harry Potter who's the chosen one and stuff like that. But we see how she's an inspiration to young girls because she works hard and she's knowledgeable. Even enough that she's able to that she controls time in order to gain more knowledge. But, but again, that that's something that that's really starting to grate on me with these films now. Is that Ron Weasley has so much heart and so much personality, and Hermione Granger has so many good qualities, and then Harry Potter's just kind of there. And I'm just so annoying well, that it's not their story. I don't agree with you there. It's not just that Harry Potter's there. Harry Potter's uh, he's our introductory character. We're shown this world. Have I blown your mind? No, I heard something moving. He's in. A, he's you know he as Jason was saying before he grew up with uh, with the Dursleys. He grew up you know in regular old uh, merry old London town of England or wherever the hell he lives. <laughs> and all this magic stuff to him is brand new. Even though yes, he knows whenever you go to Hogwarts, there's going to be tons of magic shit. He is sort of amazed. He's viewed as this. Uh, as this popular kid, he has this 
this darkness about him. And as the stories, uh, you know, a film critic who recently died, uh, Roger Ebert, complained in these later Harry Potter films that they get sort of too serious and too dark, and he preferred the tone of the first three films. Do you think that's a fair point, Thrasher? No, no, I, I could... Well, to to an extent, I, 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 I completely understand liking the tone of the of the first three films, particularly the first two films. But this film doesn't seem to even have a tone. It's just Goblet of Fire is simply there. It's more action, too, I think, with all the uh, Tri-Wizard events. Yeah, can we talk about some of the action set pieces? We can. Do you want to... You mean with the dragon or with the underwater? Oh no, stuff? just in general. I guess we. I'd like to. Sure. I'd like us okay. to talk about the, these tournaments. Did Jason die or is he? No, I'm alive. Sorry, okay. that's all right. In the studio right now. Oh, okay. So, Go ahead. Uh, so, what's with the action sequences, Thrasher? Okay. Well, well, first, just to get this out of the way, it's the Tri Wizard Tournament, even though there are four wizards competing in it. Uh, but we've already talked about that. Yeah. But um, like right, right, right off the bat. I did. I did like that dragon fight, and I liked that you didn't see the. I kind of liked that you didn't see the other champions fight the dragons. Although at the same time, I really wish we could have seen Harry seeing the other contestants being dragged off of of the out of the arena, like badly injured, like we. So we can really start to feel like Harry's in real danger. It does happen? We hear them announcing like in the actual book. They do talk a lot more about what happens in each of the things. They have an announcer announcing, like, every action, um, which is something that I, I don't know if that would have been grating. I would have rather seen than don't say it, show it. Yeah, well, I guess the, I guess the, the thing is, so like, Harry, like, by the time Harry Potter competes in that tournament, we know that three other people have competed and won. And so already that's lowered the stakes for me. And I think, well, well, this... There's yeah, of course Harry's going to succeed. Not just because he's the chosen one of the protagonists, but because these three other schmucks have done it. Like that—that's like right off the right off the bat. They make such a big deal about how lethal and dangerous these games are. You would think that right off the bat to raise the stakes, someone would get eliminated in the first challenge. I think out of the three challenges, the one I like the least is the second one. That's underwater. It feels more like a Pirates of the Caribbean or something. I don't know. I that was my least favorite. Like, you do have the little monster chomping on him and stuff. And also, like, what? They pick students to be thrown underneath the oceans? Yeah, like, right, right, off, right <laughs> off the bat, the, thing, the treasures that are, that are taken are everybody's friends. So the school abducted their own students, put them underwater, presumably in a magical trance so they didn't need to breathe, in a lake full of... Carnivorous mer people and squid goblins. No, here's here's the pro- okay. See, you're you're putting a level of danger which I don't think is that exciting about this. There are dangerous things in that lake. Yes, but right. all those mer people are incredibly friendly. They're actually really nice. They have a whole society that's down there in the lake outside of Hogwarts. There's also a giant tentacle monster that they're always fighting against. But they are they're just meant to defend. The, the prizes that have been taken. And it all involves a puzzle because they have to figure out what's coming up. They have, each time, they have to figure out what is the next task. The no, problem, they don't. No, the pro- yes, they do. The problem is is that Harry keeps getting uh, people... People keep giving Harry the uh, <laughs> knowledge of the task. Well, well okay. No, so, so, so for, yeah, first and foremost, the, the magic egg that's supposed to be the clue to the second task, Harry doesn't solve that puzzle three different people tell him how to solve that puzzle, and then he solves it. Uh, I, uh, second, what is the clue that he gets at the end of the second uh, event? The second event? Uh, I don't remember, but I mean, the thing with that... With, those dragonborn people... What's the third event? The hedge maze. Well, that's just... There is nothing to prepare for. That is just purely magic. But the There's bit, no clue or anything given. The bit with so, the dragon egg, that's such an uncomfortable sexual scene... With Harry Potter naked in a bathtub with the fucking a toilet ghost. ghost. Ugh. Yeah, that, that's, that character that's is the no, worst. Like, legally, are you the same age you were when you died, or, or do you have your chronological age? Ooh, good question. But yeah, that was... There, there was actually a lot of pervy moments like that in this movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't have a Harry Potter movie without an awkward scene in a bathroom. And you also can't have a Harry Potter movie where uh, one of the teachers ends up surprised as a bad guy. 
And it's the defense against the dark arts. It's always it's pretty much always the defense against the dark arts teacher. Except but, for the yeah. But the okay, but the uh Oh, and that was that was the other thing with the uh <coughs> the whole the whole lake the whole lake adventure that like you know when you think Harry Potter's going to drown and then he just casts a spell that makes him rise to the surface. Why didn't he do that 15 minutes ago? No, to get to the to get to the treasure that has been taken. He goes. No, under he's the- got he's got the treasure. He's he's all like, but it's like, why didn't the moment he have those? Did the people? Did he just not cast the "I go to the surface" ah, spell? No. Here's the reason why. Okay, originally in the book, this is where one of the differences. Is, he's trying to indicate to the creatures, or whatever, like, no, I'm not going to leave with just my person, because he doesn't understand that after the fact, that this has all been prepared. Like an idiot, again, Harry Potter and Upright, he doesn't understand that they're all, they're safe, that these people are on his side, and that they're actually, they're trying to enforce the rules. So he's trying to make sure that the other people get there to save his friends. Because not only is, uh, it's what, it's, Hermo- it's Hermione, no, sorry, it's, uh, oh, balls, it's, whatever her face, uh, the Asian girl? No, the French girl. Mm. It's the French girl. It's Hermione, um, Luna's sister, or not Luna's? I'm sorry, I'm screwing this up. The it's three. It's Delacour's sister. No, it's four people. Who is it? It's what are you getting at? Well, the idea is that he doesn't realize that. Oh, they're going to be fine after the event. If one of the if one of the divers doesn't get to their person, they'll just be released at the end of the thing. He 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 actually believes is like oh god my friends are in trouble, let me go down and get them. Not even worrying that oh I'll just tell the teacher when I get up to the surface. Well, but that's not what I'm taking issue with. What I'm taking issue with is that he has a spell that that brings you to the surface, and he doesn't use it until the like until so late in the game. It's it's again it's it's the, the all the issues I have with this movie series where they don't establish what the limitations of magic are. It it, it is it has become completely frustrating in this film. Well, I think before we you know wrap up talking about this film and move on to other segments, let's take a minute to talk about our website at sequelcast.com where you can check out all past episodes of the Sequelcast and our other podcasts like Sequelcast Special. Sequel commentary and video game sequel cast. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sequel cast. And uh, you can donate to us via PayPal at sequelcast.com slash donate. And you can hear sequel cast on Stitcher Smart Radio. It's an app. Get it at stitcher.com slash sequel cast. And if you get it that way, sequel cast automatically gets added as one of your favorite shows. You can listen to podcast streaming on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Also at SequelCast.com, you can buy SequelCast merchandise from our Cafe Press store. And uh, you can rent the movie we're talking about via Amazon Instant Video for about $1.99 a piece or so. Pretty good deal if you want to check out the movies we're talking about on the show. And um, again, our theme song is by Mark with a C. His website is markwithac.com. And SequelCast is part of the Battleship Retention fleet. Check out more film and TV podcasts at battleshipretention.com. So back to our discussion of... Harry Potter 4, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Well, let's cut to what happens when he and Diggory finally get to the Wizard Cup. Um, you want to talk about the last event at all? Where they're in the hedge? I guess we should, yeah, where they have to... It's like it's like a cursed hedge maze they have to get to the center of. And again, well, Mad-Eye Moody points Harry in the right direction. But, but also, here's the thing is... It, I, this is the thing that I really have to say to the director. It was... I thought it was really well done um, atmospherically. Yeah, the set was pretty good. Um, the the actual tension that I felt, I felt it was actually there was some tension. No, there there actually did feel like there was something at stake in that in that part of the tournament. In the book, there's like a griffin and there's some fire and stuff, but there's not a lot that's actually seen in there. There aren't really any obstacles but each other. Provided one of you gets possessed, yes. Yes. Well, and it's nice how it's so claustrophobic and so foggy, you can't quite tell what's going on. And, uh, yeah, it makes it a bit more surprising and exciting, the sequence. 
and then the underwater event. So for me, it definitely worked, especially the close-up on the floor when she screams. Because you hear it in the distance, and you really don't know how big that maze is. Mm-hmm. It could be bigger on the inside than on the outside, for all we know. Uh, uh, damn it, well. Although it d- does bring up a question, why, why not just burn your way to the center using fire? Ah, because the hedge is also living. And probably grow back or do aw- awful things to you. And oh, you, know, that's okay. you, you, don't, you don't have to be the fastest guy in the maze to be faster than it can regrow. My question is, why don't you fly? Well, yeah, that's another good question. <laughs> but I do, I do like that Harry and Diggory do kind of agree to like split the prize. I think that's that's a nice character moment. But then they get to the Goblet of Fire and they touch it, and it turns out to be a, a port key, and they're teleported to Voldemort's creepy ass graveyard. At least you got the terminology right. Yes, I do. Well, again, it's the idea that, that the port key, which we learn about in the Triwizard Tournament, um, it's a trap. The entire thing has been a trap. As, as long as you got Harry Potter in there, you could have gotten him. You didn't really have to help him out that much. You just had to keep him alive. Well, that, that brings up a whole other issue. So Mad-Eye Moody is actually one of Voldemort's lackeys in disguise, played by the immortal David Tennant. Uh, yes. And so so this whole thing, putting his name in the cup, all the help he's been getting, has all up. been a, a conspiracy to get Harry to touch the cup and be teleported to this graveyard. Well, if Harry... If they've already got a, an agent in the school disguised as a professor, why can't they just make any old thing a port key and have him go, oh, Harry, would you mind handing me that? And then Harry grabs <laughs> it and gets teleported. Why this whole rigmarole? I think... Great if, question. If I, if I remember correctly, I believe it's that... Oh, man, I want to say you can't operate inside the school. You can't do it inside the school grounds. The hedge mage isn't on the school grounds. Then I need that. I need that set up. Uh, if teleportation isn't going to work, uh, in uh, within the bounds of the school, fair enough. Which it just seems so. It just seems so so unnecessary. And like you. And well, the other thing is like, like the, the the cup had to be moved into the center of the maze. Surely people have been touching and holding the cup. It could have also been in that cool container thing that melts away. Yeah, I guess. It's just, it's Again, cool needlessly complicated. Well, I, I do like the scene where they resurrect Voldemort and, start, oh, I love and kill off Cedric. I mean, it feels like something from a real old-fashioned uh, like comic book or, or horror story. No, that that was actually a really good scene. And I like that, like, you know, I'm, I in that scene, I immediately am getting a sense of exactly why Voldemort is is so evil and why people don't want to speak his name. I agree. Ray finds his Voldemort. Yep. Oh, and actually, I didn't get a good look at him. So, what is he like? A fetus? A Voldemort fetus? When they put him in the cauldron, he's basically a ball who like used to be the head of that teacher. Oh, oh, was that that teacher's head? I don't know. It's creepy looking. It reminded me of a baby bird. Yeah, oh. it just it had this half-finished look to it. It's like Jack Nicholson at the end of uh, Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, kind of. They explode him, and he's just a little penis. Thing. Oh, I gotta get you. <laughs> That's my Jack Nicholson impression. <laughs> I like it. Hey, I'm gonna do my John Wayne. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm John Wayne. Oh no! <laughs> oh shucks! So, did you like the ending to the film then, where it's sort of a funeral for Cedric? Um, yes, I actually I did like. My I, boy, I did like. They killed my boy. Oh, that's so sad. That that actually was really tear jerking. But like, it's like, oh, okay, Harry's gonna get blamed for this. Of course. And, and again, I, this is the only problem I have with the movie myself. I feel Dan, uh, Tinder Radcliffe overacted this. It's like, no, I can't leave the body. Oh, he's back. Wah. I was like, no, it's not believable. I'm well, J- Jason, have you ever been that distraught? Yes. That's exactly how you act when you're that distraught. No. 
you don't act no one who no one who actually is in a state of extreme emotion acts like an actor pretending to be in a state of extreme emotion. I didn't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. I'm sorry. I've I've cursed God. I I know you have. And I don't think you looked like you were acting well. No. I, I, the problem is that he looked like he was acting. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it, it, the, the emotion wasn't believable. It felt like he was acting. Why don't we uh, rate this film out of five stars? Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I think I will give this four out of five stars. I think the action is certainly more compelling than in the past movies in the series. And uh, the plot moves along at a, at a good pace. And the resurrection of Voldemort is a lot of fun. Even if, yes, the uh, revelation at the end that everything is all a, a setup by a follower of Voldemort. And, oh, the teacher of the defense of the dark arts is bad again. It's sort of uh, tiring. Jason, what was that? Uh, Barty Crouch Jr. That's it. Yes. Or we just say the doctor. I mean... Yeah, the good doctor. <laughs> well, that's another thing that bothered me. We barely got to see David Tennant do anything. He's he's a cameo in this film. Basically, yeah. Style in the pensive. So, uh, Jason, what do you rate this out of five stars? I'm gonna go four out of five, mostly not because of the action and stuff. I love the social interact. I love the interaction between the other school. Um, again, I love Ron Weasley. Ah, uh, he's so funny in this. And uh, man. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, Emma Watson. Oh, Emma Watson in this is just fantastic. I mean, in the book, it, you see, again, I didn't feel she was acting. Like, her emotion in this was so brilliant, I wasn't thinking at all, oh, I'm watching an actor. Hmm. And her her, her rejection and her, I almost said despair, her misery at, at being, I guess, having no support from her friends and from a boy who she likes. And, and it just felt so real. Yeah, her it's a bit more underplayed. Yeah, exactly. They're breaking down on those steps in her dress. And again, it's my favorite uh, Patterson movie. I like it better than Water for Elephants. I'll give it a four out of five. Thrasher. I'm going to give it a two out of five. Oh. As I've said before, I, this is a bloated middle chapter. Very little of consequence happens. The only thing I really feel is worth watching in this movie is the Voldemort resurrection scene. That's the only sort of event of story significance as far as the rest of the series is concerned that, that happens. If you think this is bloated, I can't wait to see what you say about Half-Blood Prince. I bet you can't. Yeah. And, and just like and just like the stuff, like the problems I have with the way they're handling magic in the movie, and just also just like the the, the things the people say, like it was like Hogwarts isn't safe anymore. It was never safe. A disaster has <laughs> happened every movie. So <laughs> what happened to Harry? Oh, and those kids that got attacked by the basilisk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, pitch a sequel. Would we pretend no sequels were ever made for this? Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, Jason, why don't you begin? Okay, if I had to pitch a sequel to this movie, not even knowing that there was going to be the other ones. Right. Um, I probably would create a ragtag team of Hogwarts students dun, 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 dun. and uh, possible teachers that would go to avenge uh, Cedric Diggory. So I'd call the H-Team. The H team, okay. And it, Ooh, they, wait, no, 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 I know what it would be. It would be the A team because of Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> okay. So it would be more, they'd it'd be like, no fucking around. We're going to go and, and get these guys. Exactly. You get okay. all the people who actually believe Harry Potter and you go looking for Voldemort's ass. I see some more, more, more driven, more down to business. They're willing to break the rules and find, uh, track Voldemort and, uh, Everyone down. Pretty cool. Um, Thrasher, what's your pitch of sequel? All right. Mine will be uh, Harry, Harry Potter and the Streets of London, where what <laughs> happens is that uh, the 
the administrators at Hogwarts decide that Harry Potter is just too much of a liability. Too many disasters follow him around, and it's not a good idea to have a guy wanted by a dark sorcerer and his cultists on your campus. It's just too much of a liability. So he is expelled from Hogwarts. But uh, this also, the Dursleys decide they're done with him. He gets kicked out of the Dursleys' uh, house. He is a homeless kid on the streets. And uh, becomes kind of, uh, you know, finally stops, you know, in these this harsh surroundings, finally stops being... Uh, uh, it stops being such a passive protagonist. He's taken in by a by a Fagin type, and it turns out there's like a whole underclass of magical outcasts that never completed their their education. But the Fagin type does turn out to be uh, in in league with Voldemort. You know, he he's actually training these kids to be Voldemort's junior army. So Harry Potter finally stops being passive, finally draws a line, and takes a stand. Uh, you know, defeat, defeats this, uh, defeats the Fagin guy, and decides to take the uh, fight to Voldemort with the handful of other street magicians that uh, he could reform. And all the while, Hermione and, and Ron are—they're his people on the inside. They smuggle him magical ingredients and, and, and intelligence and things like that. So you have these sort of two parallel stories of you know what Ron and Hermione are doing in Hogwarts to support Harry, and what's Her- what Harry is doing to survive on the streets. Okay, and we I got do a see for you. a heist. I get a question for you. How Jewy is the Fagin character? Mm. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna uh, uh, I'm not gonna make him uh, an, an outrageous stereotype. I'm saying Fagin character only in the sense that he's an opportunist who recruits boys into sort of a legion of thieves. Uh, I'm not gonna make him an outrageous okay. Jewish stereotype. Um, you know what? Hell, I'll have him played by Rowan Atkinson. Ooh. I'm shocked that he's not in these movies. Even as a ghost. Yeah. I would, uh, my... Go on. Oh, no, I'd love to see him as a painting. Oh, yes, that'd be good, too. Very black actor. Yeah. Uh, my pitch of sequel would be Harry Potter and the Nasty Secret. <laughs> and uh, in this one, Harry Potter, he's sick of being the, the chosen one. He feels like danger is a you know all his friends anyone that gets close to him dies so he decides next term he's not going to go to hogwarts instead he gets a polyjuice potion and uh, gives it to uh you know dudley dursley the ah. the fat child and it's sort of like a freaky friday where they switch bodies <laughs> and harry potter That's not gets how polyjuice works and harry potter you know in the body of uh, dudley gets to see what it's like to be loved by a family that hated him Meanwhile, Dudley, sort of fat boy, is in a skinny boy Harry Potter's body in Hogwarts and trying to make all this stuff be new to him, it, you know, try to be played off cool when he doesn't know what the hell is going on with all this magic stuff. That is, I like that idea. That's a weird, uh, that's a weird concept. I like it, though. Sort of a high concept uh, comedy there. Yeah. Again, I want to see more in this world. I, I know everybody can be like, oh, no, we don't need any more Harry Potter. I want to see more. Sure, J.K. Rowling will have to come back to Harry Potter. There's a lot of fanfic that's out there. There's a lot of fan movies that are sure, out there. Sure, yeah. Yet to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. sell on Amazon now. Have you been to that, Jason? I forget if we asked you. No. What is it? What? What, is, what are you asking me for? Have you been to the theme, the Harry Potter uh, theme park section of Universal Studios? Oh, Florida, no? Want to. Is it a separate admission from the main park? No, no, but they do have a limit of how many people can be in there at one time. So the idea is you run there as fast as you can when you get into the park. Basically. When it opens. That's got to be delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I used to have a friend who worked there. That's right, that's right, you've talked about this. uh, He he actually was the train conductor uh, for a while, and he also worked in the wand shop. But he was an improv actor. Uh, his name is—I uh, don't know if I should—I don't know if I should mention him. But he—he he loved it. He—he he absolutely adored working there. It doesn't hurt that he was also a fan. Sure. And like I think half the people who work there are actually British, and the other half are fakies. <laughs> Pretty cool. Really oh, right. Just for the artifacts and the polyjuice. Oh, Will uh, Adriana went there. Oh, cool. Yeah, we need to get her on the show. Yeah. Yes. 
talk about Rocky Horror Picture and uh, Shock Treatment. Well, it's a bit late for that, but all right. Why don't we go and uh, do our sequel news segment? What? We have a segment called Sequel News, Jason, where we talk about Have current... you not listened to the show, Jason? No. I thought I we did this. To... Why should I listen? I thought we did this last time around, but we're just going to talk did. about some current news about uh, movies, uh, movie sequels and in development and stuff. And we talk about this sometimes at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sequelcast. So is there a piece of uh, movie sequel news you'd like to talk about, Thrasher? Um, yes. It's not... Well, it's not directly movie sequel news, uh, but Amazon, who, who you know, they produce uh, the the Kindle. They're starting a line called Kindle Worlds, where essentially they've they've arranged a licensing agreement uh, with uh, properties, the properties Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, and uh, Vampire Diaries, and possibly some others that they haven't released yet, where you'll be able to publish your fan fiction through them, and you will earn a royalty on it. Wow. Well, you'll get a percentage of sales of your fan fiction. This is fascinating. Does that include slash fiction? Well, that's that's the crazy thing because there's a, a, a term in in their their deal, uh, pornography or offensive depiction of graphic sex is prohibited. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm sure they got to go and work with all those. Uh, have someone go over that stuff with a fine tooth comb. I don't know because that that would almost seem like pro prohibitive. To actually, because I, I, I honestly like feel Unless you like have an algorithm. They might have an algorithm. Well, maybe they do. Uh, then we'll just have to figure out how to cheat the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Okay, from now on, we'll call tits balloons. <laughs> I thought it was going crazy there for a second. I thought one of you was playing the piano, and then it's just one of my uh, neighbors. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is someone playing the piano? Podcasting from my piano. <laughs> <laughs> With Evan, what's that? That's Evan Schletter. Oh, on the piano forte. On the piano forte. Well, you know, I was just thinking, because like, tits balloon. Uh, One bit of sequel news I think is promising, but I I really don't think this movie's ever going to get off the ground, is Dan Aykroyd keeps on talking up Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, I know. And they've been talking about it ever since, like, the late 90s. So, I hope it happens. No, his latest idea actually sounds really cool. But it doesn't sound like a Ghostbusters movie. What is the idea? The idea is that it's a it's a three new students at Columbia who are basically entering quantum levels and, and experience new things and, and discovering how the universe works on a quantum level. States. But that's what the whole thing with uh, that's what Egon's whole whole deal was was like oh ghosts are just on a different plane and we're just bypassing the quantum levels whatever to capture them, but. It, it it sounds like it would be really cool. It sounds like almost like inner space combined with quantum levels, maybe alternate universes and things like that. But it doesn't sound like a Ghostbusters movie. Like, well, how is that? How is busting ghosts affecting quantum state? I'm sure it's some really advanced like backstory that in the movie might show up in like an info dump of dialogue. Oh, I hope yeah. it doesn't. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just they've been so good with keeping those films exposition free. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that was Egon's whole Egon's whole thing was to say something really big and scientific, and we all just agreed that it was true. Yeah, <laughs> tell them about the Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, and then and, you uh, get a joke afterwards. Yep, that's the Ghostbusters formula. Uh, I hope Ghostbusters three happens, and I wonder, you know, who they'd cast as the younger Ghostbusters. In it, would you go with like Michael Sarah or? Yeah, you could do Shia LaBeouf. I, I would love to see Michael Sarah as a Ghostbuster. Hey, I got a, I got a ghost trap. That's really great. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let me, uh... If you had Michael Sarah <sighs> and Jesse Eisenberg, that'd be really confusing. Ooh. Can one of us do an impersonation of Jesse Eisenberg? Go ahead. Wait, I think I can. Hello, I'm Jesse Eisenberg. No. no Jesse the body. <laughs> No, no, Jesse the body is it's Jesse the mind because the mind has been unlocked. Once once you're willing to take the blinders off and see through the lies the Illuminati are throwing out there, the world opens up to you, my friend. Oh my god. That's that's really good, Will. 
Thank you. Have you been working on that? That one just kind of came to me, actually. I, 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 <laughs> like, like the voice, I figured out in the 90s, but that whole patter, I figured out from listening to Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I, I'm looking for that magic movie. That looks really good. Oh, that does, yeah. With him and uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, Woody Harrelson, yeah. uh, Mudko Kine. Well, I get the... Like I, I look at that and I'm like, so is it going to turn out that there's actually magic or that they've invented the teleporter? Uh, I'm going to say no. It's all practical effects. That still lets them teleport to France. No, he's not teleported. That whole, why would you teleport somebody with that stupid thing on their head? He's obviously in a VR environment. I guess. Uh, hmm. It's augmented just, reality. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just wait, I'm just waiting for the big reveal scene to make the movie fall apart. Ooh, I would love so, the reveal yeah. scene to be that they're actually wizards from Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a awesome. the reveal scene. I think is what will make or break that movie. I'm gonna spoil it for you for you right now. Morgan Freeman's in on the job. Morgan Freeman's always in on the job. Yeah, That's a terrible to... Morgan Freeman. That is. Morgan Freeman is always in on the job. We got uh, say that the Nancys didn't rape Andy Dupree. God damn it. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> through that one. Could not get through it. We got a pretty uh, interesting uh, set of Harry Potter comments from sequel cast listener Kenneth uh, Logan Jr. Yes. He was from Virginia, I believe. But um, oh, that's. Do you know who that is? No, I'm saying positive or negative. He's just talking about, in general, he wonders why the, the film Chamber of Secrets get thrashed upon by fans, yet the film Prisoner of Azkaban is so beloved. He thinks the movie of Prisoner of Azkaban is overrated, and um, you know, as of the time we're recording this, we haven't released our episode of Prisoner of Azkaban. And he says, I hope you guys give the same criticisms to that film like he did with the Columbus uh, Harry Potter 1 and 2. Otherwise, you'll sound like all the other people who watch the films. Oh, snap. Well... It has it has because I I've been in various minorities and majorities throughout my life, but some sometimes a film has earned its reputation. I responded to him. You know, I'm a bit mixed with Prisoner of Azkaban, but uh, and Kenneth it did a great response where he said he felt that the ending where it's a freeze frame is uh, really works for him because of the John Williams music. Well, the thing is, in, in, I want to take every movie that ends with a freeze frame and replace whatever the music is with any way you want it, that's the way you need it. It's <laughs> a good idea. Do that with Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's great. Somebody do that. Post the link. Uh-huh. That's not bad. You could do it with a Breakfast Club. Yeah. He's pumping his fist. Yeah, no, that's not That's a. It's not a bad idea. It reminds Ooh, me of on YouTube. the end of Thriller. <laughs> it turns into the monster yeah that could work uh, so for more uh, sequel news check it out at facebook.com slash sequel cast oh we could do that for return of the living dead <laughs> oh my that has a freeze frame ending too the possibilities are endless alright so uh, we're gonna wrap things up with our segment what you're watching and um <laughs> I watched a fascinating film called uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Thrasher. <laughs> yes. And Harry Potter and whatever the hell, uh, The Order of the Phoenix. Well, we're talking about that next episode, Thrashers. I'm afraid you can't. I, I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking. Uh, Jason, what's something you've been watching? Oh, man. What was the last thing I watched? Oh, I watched Iron Man 3. That was the last thing I watched. I really haven't watched anything new. Um, Iron Man 3 is new. Have you watched any television? Oh, I'm, of course, watching Game of Thrones and uh, Doctor Who. But I'm torrenting those. I don't have a TV. Got you. Don't give yourself away. The internet listens to these things. Yeah. So, yeah, is, um, is there any new Doctor set think. to come on Doctor Who? or? Oh, my God. Doctor Who. Oh, my God. I called it. I called it from the first fucking episode. Really? Yep, I called it. I told everybody she's bad wolfing herself. And that and that is exactly what she was doing? That's exactly what she's doing. Hmm. 
she's bad wolfing herself. And that doesn't spoil it for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, who doesn't know what bad wolf means. Fair Go enough. Watch it from the first. Go you watch can't it. spoil a movie no one's heard about or is going to see. Okay, interesting. But did, were you disappointed when it found out it was what you thought it was all along? Yeah, I was. I was I was because I felt like, oh, they're recycling story elements because they mm. couldn't have a better way to explain it. But I guess the question I was trying to get at, I haven't seen a whole lot of Doctor Who in general. Are they set to have a new Doctor in the show anytime soon or no? No. No time uh, soon. Okay. Yeah, uh, Matt Smith has confirmed that he's going to be that he's going to continue playing the Doctor. Uh, so it's, I, I suspect we're going to get at least another two years out of him. That's he, also that's another interesting thing. Like there have been a lot of people who have been in Harry Potter, um, who, uh, who've also been in uh, the Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, English people. The whole, the whole, the whole joke in a lot of uh, Doctor Who episodes is that, oh, if you're a down and out British actor, you're going to be in a Doctor Who. <laughs> well, no, no, that that's been like a long-standing tradition. Is like, well, because that, that's the thing. The BBC can always find work for you, but you'll always end up on a panel game or in Doctor Who. And Nicholas, if you're Nicholas Parsons, you're in both. He's, he's the host of Just a Minute, and he also played the priest in the Sylvester McCoy episode, The Curse of Fenric. And that was always a thing. Whenever, when, it, when I was young uh, and, and uh, you know, in high school and watching Doctor Who, I had, uh, and like, you, you know, my mother watched a lot of Masterpiece Theater, and very often she'd come in and she'd say, that woman's on Masterpiece Theater. What's she doing on Doctor Who? She's an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Also, talk about Ralph Fiennes in this. I mean, Ralph Fiennes is he's a massive... Uh, I want to say something else, but he's a massive actor as well. Okay. And he actually said the reason he took on the role of Lord Voldemort is he hates the Harry Potter series. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to menace everyone involved? Basically. I mean, it's like, oh, I hate this Harry Potter character. Let me be the end to him. I will totally fight him because I don't like this series. And what it does to literature, I think it was actually his quote. It's something about... Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's pretty neat. I wish... Like, the character? I wish more people would do that. Like, high-profile people get into the cast of movies they don't like and then try to sabotage those movies. (laughs) I believe I read Malcolm McDowell took uh, the part in Star Trek Generations of of the bad guy. Was it Saren, I think? He wasn't that interested at first, and they said, well, in this movie, you get to kill Captain Kirk. And he's like, yes, I'll take it. <laughs> get to murder Shatner. That's right. every actor's dream. <laughs> I'll use a bit of the ultraviolence. Uh, so, I know something I've been watching, I guess we can touch on this briefly, Thrasher, without <laughs> spoiling anything. Okay. But uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yep, saw that. The new Star Trek it's film. It, it is a sequel. It- and, and uh, we really need to do an episode about that because I've got a do. lot to say. Oh, sure. But just to sort of tap dance around it without, it's difficult to talk about without spoiling things. So and I with won't. With a Klingon soft shoe around the top, I go. <laughs> <laughs> Is when I came out of seeing that Star Trek uh, reboot in uh, 2009, I said, that was pretty good. I, I hope they really try something different in the second one. The laziest, <laughs> the laziest thing they could do is blank. And that's kind of what they did. <laughs> in Star Trek Into Darkness. I know I'm being vague, but that's on purpose. And yet, I still think it was well, uh, well, well it's made. Not like, it's not like it's a well-kept secret. Whatever you think the spoiler is, it's this thing that it was rumored from like the beginning. Yeah, if you've been following the rumors, you know what the, the spoiler is, but I still don't want to say what it is until we do a, a show about it. It's Voldemort. Yeah, it's Voldemort. Voldemort is... Uh, the bad guy in Star Trek Into Darkness. He um, he has he has a nose, but the plot reasons for that are explained. <laughs> so he gets the nose teleported in from uh, from somewhere else. Um, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much as the one in two thousand nine. I think the, mm, I guess the story didn't seem quite as good. Or part of it is you know, in that they bring new people to play. Uh, classic characters, and it's more fresh the first time around and the second time around. I wish they would have done more of their own thing, I guess is my main complaint. But that being said, I still had fun with it. Thrasher, any comment on it? 
No, no, I I would have liked. Well, you know what? Uh, Our good friend uh, Mark Feminella at the uh, Pod Bay podcast. Uh, he had put out an open call for for uh, people's comments uh, on uh, on the film, and I'm going to read to you what I uh, what I posted to him about Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, about Star Trek Into Darkness, because okay. th- this without derailing this episode, this is the best way to sum up how I feel. Okay, so he he po- he posted, and just to give you context, he had set it up as a poll with like loved it at the top, didn't see it at the bottom. So I don't see this was a wonderfully entertaining but thoroughly cynical move, cynical and calculating movie on the list. But if it was, that would be my vote. I really need this branch of the franchise to strike out on its own if I'm going to keep watching. As it stands, Into Darkness is a Frankenstein's monster stitched together from the freshest remains of Star Trek's various incarnations. Right now, that Frankenstein's monster is free of the lab and exploring the countryside. But if it keeps going, it'll play too hard and drown a girl in a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty good. Very nice, Thrasher. Yep. Very nice indeed. And you'll get my undiluted comments whenever we get around to doing that episode. Okay. Oh, I do want to mention if you want to. I recently did a review for BattleshipPretension.com. I reviewed uh, the um, Jane Silent Bob Super Groovy Cartoon Movie. Oh, yeah. So I should post that link on our Facebook page. Cool. But I think that's a uh, pretty. I, I had fun watching that cartoon. I talked about that uh, last episode, I believe. So. Tune in uh, next week on SequelCast, where we continue discussing the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, next week, we'll talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Again, our website is SequelCast.com. If you want to donate, you can at SequelCast.com slash donate. You can follow me on Twitter at SequelCast. You can follow Thrasher at Internet Mayor. Indeed you can. And Jason, what's your uh, Tumblr again? Uh, Jerms20 at Tumblr.com. At Tumblr.com. Very good. So, for the sequel cast, uh, this is Matt. And Thrasher. And Jersey Jason. Same. And two hundred. a rock like a troll, and look, there's a unicorn, and there's also a griffin, and other such fantasies. That that was the worst goddamn band. <laughs> that was that was the, the the damned from the walked off the set of the young ones. And just flipped through the monsters manual and like just oh we're on the page for unicorn put unicorn in this sentence. The sequel cast is a hipster goblin production.